All right, welcome everybody to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes, and uh, this is my guest, uh, Alain. Please introduce yourself. Hi, guys. Hi, Robert. I'm Alain Pinon, the owner of Salon AKS in New York City, and we've been in business 24 years. Um, we have about 65 people on staff, and uh, it's been a crazy ride and a fun ride. Nice. So, awesome. I'm also um, from France, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I've been here 36 years. So okay, I work cool. for a very famous company called uh, Jacques de Sange, Bruno de Sange. That's how I came over because they had headquarters here. Okay. And I moved to Washington, D.C., where you are, Robert, for one year okay. and worked in one of our branches there. That was 1985. And our headquarters was in New York City on uh, Madison and 65th Street. Uh, so a year later, I spoke more English and I could uh, my goal was to move there. Okay, so, cool. So, did you? Uh, how long until? So how long have you went, owned, uh, run, been running AKS? Uh, twenty-four years. So Actually, you, uh, January ten, we passed the twenty-four year mark. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, so you, uh, so you worked for what about ten years before you opened up, uh, or eight uh, years or something like that before you opened up AKS? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, in the states, once you got here. Oh, in, in the states, yeah, from '85 to '97, uh, basically. Okay. okay. So about twelve years before we opened up. Uh, okay. I worked for Bruno de Sange, Jacques de Sange in Paris, in New York, in DC, uh, and then I worked for Frederic Fekai, which was at Bruno de Sange. We worked together, and then when he left to open this new uh, venture, I joined him in '91 until 97 when I went with my partner and we opened AKS, so. Okay, cool. Yeah. And um, so was it like uh, you were waiting to build up a clientele or um, like how did you make that uh, jump over to deciding you wanted to open up a salon? Well, let's put it that way. Since I was 17, I wanted to open a, a business. Okay. okay. So I was way behind. Okay. But for good reasons. And uh, it was the right time when I was 32 to do it. Okay. And it was the greatest uh, things uh, uh, to experience and do. And, and uh, you know, so far it's been, uh, like I said, it's, it's uh, to me, I, I, I feel business, having a business is uh, like having a kid. It's, you have the baby steps, the toddler phase, the teenager where crazy things after 10, 15 years start to happen, like you don't expect at all. And then you, a young adult, mature adult in the 20 years mark, uh, you start to have a predictable, more routine uh, environment. And, uh, but uh, that's what's fun. You never have the same day. And, yeah. uh, and I love it. All right, cool. Well, uh, everybody wants to open a salon. Don't plan on anything, uh, any consistency in your business for 20 years, basically. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't say that, but don't expect... Uh, uh, because you're a hairdresser or colorist who have a very good following and <clears throat> a very good following and strong business to be that simple. Uh, you okay. have to investigate more. You have to learn more about business. Okay. You have to understand uh, different phases and, uh, and you have to be committed beyond yourself because it's not about yourself anymore. It's to a larger population and, and you have to have a strong mission statement. So okay. meaning uh, a, a very strong goal you want to achieve, 
beside making money, which is the most common thing people say. Right, right. But it's not about making money, uh, especially uh, as artistic as people are in our industry. Right. That was so good. Um, I'm so glad you said that. I yeah. think uh, I think that's a super powerful message for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it's a good segue over into um, our topic of hiring process and interviewing. Um, you know, starting out on your career, uh, a lot of stylists uh, that I talk to, they uh, like rising stylists. They a lot of them they want a level of independence, whether that's you know being in their own suite on their own or owning a salon and having a team, and uh, so the first thing that the majority of them think is that they need to do some sort of training or work at a salon first. So in order to get their first salon job, that's uh, what we're approaching here on this topic. Um, so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your hiring process at AKS? Yeah, first, I mean, I love hiring process because you get to meet so many people and I'm very involved with that at every level from... Uh, salon coordinator to management to uh, hairdresser, colorist, assistant. Um, so the hiring process for us is, um, has been challenging for a few years because of the express uh, blow dry bar or uh, dry bar, all those entities that have sucked our industry of uh, quality people and also, the, um, for them as a candidate to think of their career. So, you know, mostly what we've done is now use Indeed for the past few years. Okay. Uh, word of mouth also, because what we say to our team is, uh, especially if we, we mostly look for assistant. As you know, we train people within and promote within. Uh, so we pass the word around, and uh, that's how we travel the word of mouth. Uh, but otherwise, the second approach is indeed okay. um, that we use a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. And um, what are you looking for in an applicant? And we're specifically talking about people who uh, want to become a hairdresser or maybe they've already gone to school and have a license. Uh, what are you looking for? And uh, I know you had said when we spoke earlier that you don't really hire uh, stylists to go right on the floor. You only train your people. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, 95% okay. of our team, which is we have about 13 hairdressers, about 12 colorists. Um, they've been hired as an assistant and trained within. We okay. have a few people here and there. We like to add to mix up the energy and the talent. Um, but 95% of our team is within. Okay. Um, so what we like to, for me, when I sit in an interview, um, I on, I want to hear somebody's, uh, I always ask, what, why hair? Why do you decide to do hair? <clears throat> Sorry, especially if it's stylist or colorist, what makes you pick this department for most of the industry? Um, we do both. <clears throat> we do stylist and color. So it's still the same question. It does apply the same way. For me, I want to understand what makes people passionate about what they do and when it did happen. Okay. Um, and then the second question I have, if I would hire a stylist, I would say, how long do you see yourself before you become, let's say, if you're a st junior stylist, before you become a senior stylist? and understand the answer they give me because that's going to give me a lot of 
uh, information about the type of person was sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have to say, uh, I've not thought through those answers and try to go faster than they should. Um, and that's been the last five, six years. I do a lot of interviews out of 24. That's the most common things I've seen. Okay. Because if I, if I, um, um, if I sit with an assistant, color or stylist department, and I ask the same question, how long would you allow yourself to become a colorist or a stylist? Most of them will say six months to a year. Yeah. And, and we, in our company, we're very straightforward and we explain then it's almost impossible. I've never had anyone in my company. The closest was two years and they came with a lot of skills already. Oh, wow. Um, but it takes three to five years okay. uh, because people we put on the floor are ready and they develop a clientele and they, they retain their clientele, which is the big, uh, big deal to retain people. Yeah. Uh, so again, this is our business. Every business has a different um, uh, sets of goals. Uh, so I cannot say to somebody, hey, this yeah, is yeah. wrong. But for us, that's what's worked. Okay. And if we're going to hire a stylist already with a clientele or colorist, I want to know what their passion is. I want to know uh, what they think uh, they will put in before they achieve the next goal and to, to, uh, to have that type of discussion with them. Okay. Uh, I'd like to um, expand a little on, uh, on the part where you were talking about uh, expectations from uh, rising stylists to get on the floor within six months to a year. And uh, I would like, I like to know more about your process. So, if uh, if the quickest someone's gone from from uh, assistant to stylist is two years, and they came with uh, some skills, uh, yeah. are are the general in general are the people you training coming in with no skills at all, or are they coming in with like a license from school? Do you do an apprenticeship and help them get their license? Give us no, a- we don't do apprenticeship. They come with the license. Okay. Or- temporary license so they've gone to school for a year correct got their license and then they generally spend another two years before they get on the floor uh minimum yes okay i mean before they get to senior assistant with a lot of skills uh yes okay so Uh, maybe maybe it'd be good to like uh tell us each the levels uh uh so we can understand uh, give us a little more context so basically you have your first entry assistant Uh, they'll probably be there like for a good six months to a year. And as they mature up in skills and and understanding of our company, then they will grow towards more senior assistant. And then in a styling department, after two or or three years, we have a blow-dry specialist. So they're still an assistant, but now we open the books for them and they can book blow-dries which okay. means they can understand how to manage their time, which for all of us is the most difficult things to do when we start this industry or for any industries. Right. So then when they promote it as a stylist, they only have to focus on the skill of cutting hair and okay. they don't have to worry about time because they already uh, achieved that skill. Uh, and it's been working very well for us. Nice. So, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And it um, puts much less stress on them, basically. Okay. And then so they go from uh, entry-level assistant to, to senior assistant to a junior stylist? Correct. Okay. Yeah. okay. Junior stylist. And, 
So for that, I mean, the 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 big thing is we have um, in non-COVID time, we always have uh, Tuesday night mandatory training okay. for all the uh, team. Okay. And uh, so you train every day, but you train through that Tuesday night class. Okay. And it's very organized and very divided in terms of level you have. Okay. Um, and then when you become that blow dry specialist where you have your book, we already know you have many skills and you've been through many classes. So therefore now you're invited to bring models anytime you want. Okay. So during the week. Uh, so therefore you grow your skills. The expectation is to grow your skill. And then at that point, they know they've on track to get to the floor okay. in, a, in a year or two. So, okay. So if I'm, if I'm a, if I'm, if I'm a, say a senior assistant, um, I can bring in models. Can I bring in models during the uh, during the day, or do I need to? Or is there like an allotted time? Yeah, I'm like when you models? when you done with your work, with yeah, your, uh, okay. or on your day off. Okay, all right, yeah. cool. So on my off time. Yeah. So um, let's see. This is uh, really good. So uh, I would like to, if you don't mind, do you? What about compensation for these assistants? Uh, if you're open to talking about that, what? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, in New York, we have the fifteen dollar minimum wage. Okay. Uh, but under the the industry and labor department, uh, tip um, rewarded people usually uh, the company have the option to do a two dollar tip deduction. So okay. if the employee makes eighty dollars a week, above eighty dollars a week, then they get paid thirteen dollars because they get a tax credit. Gotcha. Uh, but if they don't, we like during COVID, we pay everybody 15 because this okay. is very different time <clears throat> and we don't have the same amount of clients. So, or if an assistant is the big beginning of uh, their career, they may not touch as many clients. So we guarantee them $15 basically. Okay. And then, um, are, are they, uh, making $15 an hour until they get onto the floor? Um, or do they get a raise when they move to senior assistant? No, when they get to senior assistant blow dry specialist, then they have a, a percentage of what they do. Okay. So we always, even when we promote our stylists and colorists, we would never let them uh, uh, stress out by not having a, a, a revenue anymore, a, an income. Yeah. So we would always guarantee them a minimum okay. uh, of what they normally made. Okay. And if they pa pass that uh, minimum by their commission, which a lot of them, almost all of them do, then they they well well off what they used to do. Okay. So it's, it's also good for them because they have an incentive that comes with the promotion uh, to reach a certain amount of uh, blow dry per day, and then they get uh, a good commission and a good salary. So okay, cool. All yeah. right, awesome. Uh, so they can start um, pulling in a commission as a senior assistant. They don't have to wait to go on the floor. Right. Yeah. And when you're on the floor for us, which we explain to people who join us as colorists or stylists, is uh, many years ago we said, hey, if we have junior stylists or colorists, and all of us have different personalities, so some of us are, have, have matured quicker into retaining clients and promoting ourselves. Some of us takes a couple more years but why should we penalize the people who have those skills right off the bat? So right. what we did is actually a, a progressive plan. Uh, 
so therefore, uh, the company is not losing money, obviously, but depends on what you make. There are certain steps where you can kick in at uh, above 50, 52, 55 nice. percent. Uh, so that's what we do for many, many years. And it's worked very well. So an incentive to uh, earn more money, the more money you earn, the more money you make. Basically. Correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, so, and then, so just to sum up uh, what you're looking for in a candidate is, uh, it sounds like someone who's spent some time thinking about uh, what they want out of their career and uh, someone with some passion and maybe some drive, it sounds like you're talk- you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Drive, because if you see the passion in someone and you know, they tell you the story why they decide to do hair uh, and uh, you can feel that and you can understand that. Um, and you end, they, they talk to you about their goals. Then, you know, you probably have somebody pretty dedicated to themselves yeah. and that's, what's going to make a difference for your team. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. Um, okay, cool. So what, how many, uh, what, what would you say, like the percentage of people that apply for a job get hired? Like, uh, and can be a ballpark, it doesn't have to be exact, but like one Very in little. 10. Yeah. So I would say, uh, I probably, I mean, I go through all my Indeed uh, myself uh, response. Yeah. So that's not even an interview, but I probably go to a couple hundreds of uh, application. And we probably are retained probably 5% of this. Okay. Applications. And I probably will be lucky if I hire one person from that. Oh, wow. Okay. So because again, to me, it's important to see the, you know, um, the, the, the social media is amazing as we know. And yeah. it, it, especially for an art like we have, people can see for, before that it was kind of blind for if you were young growing up in the industry, you could only see your surrounding, but now you can see people in LA, in France, in England, what they do. So what happened the last 10 years is uh, people who are not on the floor and they're in school have been impacted by those pictures. So, they believe, and it's not their fault, they believe they can do this because they're so impregnated with these images. And when they come and sit down for an interview, uh, they already feel like they have that level. And you and I know it takes years to achieve that level. Right. Um, so you can recognize the... the um, the, 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 the lack of understanding. Um, and again, because of the sanctity I was talking about earlier, the blow dry bar or color express or yeah. dry bar, all those things, they suck really a huge amount nationally. It doesn't matter which state you're in, which city you're in. And they, they have a great business model, but the problem for us, uh, f- for the candidate who goes there, maybe two years later, they realize there's no future. Right. So they, they go interview in places like yours or mine or your, your listeners, and they expect the same type of format and be on the floor or to reach very high number quickly. Right. So that's the biggest um, issue I see. That's why I don't retain 
that many people. Gotcha. Um, and and I, I always advise them because that's what we do and uh, we want to share knowledge. I always advise them first, um, look at what type of career you want. That's the most important, meaning do you want an education? Do you want a booth rental? Do you want a team? Do you want a tiny salon, which is fine and it can be amazing? Do you want a medium-sized team? Do you want to work with 100 people or 65 people? Uh, do you want to show your tattoos? Do you want to come when you want? So all those things you have as a candidate, my strong advice would be those items. Okay. Think, do you want an education uh, that, that makes sense to you? And eventually there's an exit uh, uh, door for the promotion to market you to a certain level. Right. Um, because a lot of uh, candidates out there, out there don't have the reality of, uh, uh, of uh, what we grew up with. And after COVID, uh, during COVID, it, it, those places are not sustainable, blow-dry bar, dry bar. And it's going to take a long time before they come back because they don't have a good business model like we do because they only do one single service. Right. So um, uh, they have deep pocket. They will last. But the great thing for us, it gives us such an opportunity to capture candidates who have more skills right now because right. they don't have those places to go to so okay cool that's awesome well you just definitely uh, touched on um, your your uh, perspective on rising stylists which i really think is uh, important to share i uh, was talking to a couple of uh, rising stylists recently and um their their interviews will kind of get posted along with it with this they uh I've had one of them, one of them say six months to a year getting on the floor. Um, another one, uh, it sounded like she'd like to get on the floor soon, but uh, that's definitely consistent with the conversations I'm having is they don't want to wait forever to get on the floor. They're like excited. They just graduated school. And this, I mean, the schools are doing a better job than they used to be. I will. I yeah. mean, I was a teacher at a hair school and uh, I thought we did a pretty good job, but you know, now that I'm talking to these students they're you know, between having the Instagram and having the internet and uh, cur curriculums changing to uh, share with them, you know, kind of opening up their world there. I definitely think their skill sets are higher, but I definitely think that um, there is a level of, uh, of confidence that is going to get in the way of accepting like a position somewhere where, you know, they require a certain level yeah. of training. So I think that's a pretty good piece yeah. of information yeah. to share. Yeah. Um, Okay. What is, uh, so what about, what do you, do you have any advice for any uh, salon owners or hiring managers, uh, you know, other than, uh, you know, based on your experience um, to attract top talent? I mean, I, I think I, I would, it sounds like the best thing to do is really know what you're looking for. But uh, I like the thing that you said about communicating uh, with the, with the applicant about whether or not they, uh, whether or not they really know what they want out of them. I have actually, Actually, can before I ask you to give advice to managers, salon owners, I do have a question that is uh, is burning because um, a lot of stylists, I think, are asking this: is uh, is the leading reason why you have like a one percent acceptance out of the five percent applications? 
is it because they don't want to train, spend the time training, invest the time training, or is there Correct. another reason? Correct. Okay. All right. Or, <clears throat> and they think their skill is so much more than they they have. Okay. Um, do you have like a do you have like a some sort of like opportunity for them to show them show them? Yeah. Their, okay. And what yeah, is I mean during like? COVID we cannot. Yeah. Uh, but normally we have usually we tell people to bring tools and they can uh, show us, you know, and you take in consideration people are nervous and yeah. so uh, but that gives you pretty much uh, okay. skill set. So do you have them bring a model or do you have them do, do a mannequin and do you tell uh, them? No, usually do? we have one of our uh, uh, staff sit with them and they can do their hair or they can bring somebody. Okay. Uh, that's an option. Okay. Um, but also for us, again, every business is very different for us. Teamwork is very important. So I will have um, any assistant, any salon coordinator, receptionist, shadow for a week or two before they're released completely on the floor, sometime longer. Okay. But what we do right away when we do that type of interview, after the blow dry, usually I will have a, an assistant or a stylist go and give them tips and see how they react. Uh, okay, that's good. So I, like I can that. get a quick feedback uh, because then I will talk to my team who is the staff member and 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 have a good judgment of how they felt that that person uh, reacted because we it can be overwhelming to work for our salon because uh, we train people our entire team which sometimes we have to be careful because people want to to give knowledge to everyone so you can have a few people come to you and tell you so that's why we streamline to really shadow one person and um, and that person is going to move around to different uh, uh, senior assistant or junior stylist for the week or two. And again, that way I can get a good, if they're higher as a trial, I can get a good perspective on if they open or not, uh, or the way to make them open up, because a lot of us have been uh, traumatized by other places we work yeah, yeah, yeah. so you have to take that in consideration right uh but you can have a discussion about it so so okay. that's usually a part of the process also if we start selecting somebody we like we will uh advance to that okay cool i like i like your process it's um yeah. it sounds like uh sounds like it's very time consuming as well uh you know yeah but i i think you know we've been in business 24 years like i say we have people who work with us they started with us in 98 i have one colorist uh she didn't want to be a colorist anymore as an assistant because she worked for a very big place and she was traumatized and she looked like a colorist she acted like a colorist we say oh let us hire you right now and we'll move you to the styling department because we knew she would be great as a colorist long story short uh she's with us now since 1998 right. she's achieved so many senior level and she's an amazing colorist um and so when you have people with you uh 15 17 22 years um you know the the system for us work totally and yeah as a manager your to your question 
as a manager, a business owner, my big thing is what is your process? Because we tend to like, before I opened a salon, I looked, I was always interested in business since I was very, very young. And I always looked at a uh, different model that talked to different people. And then I did a lot of uh, seminar and shows uh, when I arrived in the US. Uh, eventually, a couple of years later, in the 90s, I had a team for, with me. I used to do a lot of shows and seminar for L'Oreal, a lot of workshop. And I used to you know, teach a lot of people and also learn a lot from what they thought and what they, they, they had created. Uh, and the, the thing out there is the process is not there. We open the door and we hire managers, we pay them a good salary, and we expect them to create a process. Um, or you open the door of a salon yourself as a manager and an owner, yeah. and there's so many things going coming your way, you don't create a process. And the problem is, to me, the team is going to be hard to evolve because they don't understand what's in your head and what is the end result of the process. And sometimes it takes, like you said, yes, it takes time, but the time translating, like I said at the beginning, we went through baby, toddler, teenage, adult, young adult, mature adult, and we have lost people along the way. And uh, the people with us were 10 years or longer with us, and we thank them for it because it's amazing to have somebody 10 years uh, giving their, their talent. And of course, we fought for them, but you go, you go, and we wish you well. But you know what? I always had people in the background who were about to come up. We didn't have to right. rush to right. bring somebody up because so-and-so left. We never panicked. Yeah. And we took deep into our revenues, but we never panicked. And we always had people in the pipeline who were ready with skills. And when they were on the floor, they kept the clientele. The people who left took their clientele. And some of them came back and some of them stayed with them. But many 24 years later, we're still around. So I think the biggest thing, it's not just a hiring issue, is what is your process? And if you don't have one, it's, not, it's easy to put down. It's like, before you open your business, you have to have some business plan. Right. You don't have to be complicated. You know, a few items on the page, what do you want to achieve? But I think it's worth management or ownership um, to create a list uh, of 10 items, what do you want your team to achieve? Because at the end, it's going to translate in revenues. And it's going to, it, your time you spend doing this will give you more, less headache because you have a coherent team. Uh, and that's it. So awesome. You know, wow, this is, uh, this is great. Thank you so much. Uh, no problem. For taking the time, I uh, I like to end each interview with uh, a laugh, and I ask yeah. each person to share an embarrassing moment where they were in the salon, either behind the chair or in the even if it was in the break room. But um, yeah, do you have one? I've never had an embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> That's my laugh. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Uh, yeah, I can think of one. And uh, I, I, like I said, I used to do a lot of shows for L'Oreal. And um, I think I was in Illinois. And the shows I used to do for like sometime 2,000, 1,000 people. And I think we were in Illinois around Chicago. And there was 1,000 people in the audience. 
And uh, this was not a fashion show, it was a hair show. And uh, we, the segment I was on right away was pushed too fast. So they rushed me on stage and I already had people working on stage. And uh, you get mic'd, obviously, and all yeah. that. Yeah. So I rush on stage and I'm like, you know, I'm fine. I'm talking. And uh, so when you have 800 people, 900 people, 1,000, you have so many rows, then you don't see the back, correct? Right, right. The light comes in your eyes. You see the thing. Maybe fifth row, you see. And one of the things I always had, because I train in Paris to do big, big hair shows. And when you train, you always want to have different tone in your voice or different uh, movement in your voice to get people, uh, um, um, keep them awake and, and, and attentive. Yeah. So I always would be careful with that and be very aware of that. And right off the bat, after a couple of minutes, I'm on stage. I see the first row, like a couple of people start talking. And then uh, the, the, the second row, I see a couple of people laughing. And I'm oh, like, no. okay, this is not going to be, every show is different, but I'm like, okay, this is not going to be a good one today. Uh-huh. And I'm trying everything and it's not working. So my segment is over. I go all the way backstage and the guy from the sound booth who's behind all these people. So he's got to run to me. He's uh-huh. oh, your fly is down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was so pretty now, good. <laughs> now I understood why the disruption. So, of course, I have to come back on stage and say, hey, guys, thanks for not telling me. And don't worry, everything is set up. Nothing will come out. <laughs> Which you have to oh, have a sense so of humor. <laughs> but that was one of the, yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And, yeah. um, and uh, I'll let you know when this is going out. And, okay. uh, yeah, do you, if you have any questions for me, if not, um, we can close up. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Yeah. Okay, great. I hope awesome. it helps. Yeah, yeah, huge help. Thank you so much. No problem. All right, I'll talk to you later, everyone. This is Alan from AKS yeah. New York, and uh, thank nice you. Nice being here. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye, bye. Robert. <laughs>